0: And welcome once again, if you are new around here, if you don't know me, my name is Tim, I have the privilege of pastoring here at Life Community, and to uh, thank you, Jason, for covering last week, and then this week, uh, we were coming back from a trip, and I didn't really want to have to write a message just coming back from a trip, that wouldn't be very relaxing, and so uh, I thought, who could we have speak on Mother's Day that would bring a message that would be really encouraging, not just for moms, uh, but for everybody who influences and has a heart to influence the next generation, and so I thought, mm, I've got an idea. How about my mom? <laughs> so I'm going to introduce my mom to you in just a second. Uh, my parents, Dave and Mary Jo Nutting, 35 years ago founded Alpha Omega Institute, which is a uh, ministry... Uh, apologetics ministry that they they teach all over the world and have for a number of years. And so um, you've heard from my dad a number of times before speaking on uh, creation and design. And today my mom is going to bring you a little bit different message. And so I'm looking forward to it. Now, somebody pointed out to me uh, last night that uh, for Mother's Day, I'm making my mom do my job. So, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thanks. (laughs) Without further ado, I want to invite my mom, Mary Jo Nutting, up to uh, bring the message today. Would you give her a warm welcome? Thank you.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks, Tim. Actually, I think Tim's pretty brave, don't you? Let his mom speak. I mean, I know a few stories. I could tell. (laughs) And what he doesn't know yet is that we have a few more pictures in that we didn't have last night, so, <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, right. Life's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a real adventure, and it has its ups and downs, and like any family, we've had our share of ups and downs. We're no different just because we're in ministry, okay? we we have We're just like you guys, anybody that's in any kind of... Any kind of work, and if you're alive, you know, we've had the same kinds of issues, same kinds of problems, and so uh, I don't come up here to preach to you today, but to share some things that we've learned and to share some things from God's Word, because I love God's Word, and, and I, it's our foundation, isn't it? But you know, I know Mother's Day is hard for a lot of people, uh, and maybe, maybe you've wanted kids for a long time, and you, you couldn't have kids. Or God hasn't given to you yet. Or maybe you don't have a very good relationship with your own mom. You know, and you walk down the aisles looking for a Mother's Day card, and you're trying to find something, and they're all gushy-gushy stuff, you know, <laughs> and nothing fits. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a mom, and your kids are way astray from the Lord. Or maybe you're feeling really overwhelmed. You feel like, I'm a miserable failure as a mom. And so I think Mother's Day is really hard for a lot of people. So I want to pray before we even start. If you're a mom or a dad or a kid or whoever that has those kinds of feelings, let's pray now that God would just give you the comfort and peace. Father, we just lift up today every person in this room. And we ask that you would heal the hurts that are associated sometimes with Mother's Day for whatever reason. Father I pray that you'd heal relationships you would heal memories you would release and deliver us all and that you'd help us father to see you as the perfect parent and that no matter what our childhood was like or what we're going through right now or what our hopes and dreams are father that somehow you can reach down and touch us and bring healing to each one in this room and we thank you in Jesus name amen would well, you like adventures I mean, I like adventures, right? I love to go backpacking, and sometimes when you go backpacking, you know, you get this beautiful, beautiful day backpacking, and you find out that there's uh, that there's these beautiful mountains you're hiking in, and it's a nice day, and you feel strong and good, right? And then you go to bed, and you put your tent up, and the next morning it's raining, and your your sleeping pad leaked the air, and you're laying on the cold, hard ground, and your tent is leaking, and you're going. Why in the world did I ever come on this adventure, right? Well, sometimes like that, we have good and bad days in parenting too, don't we? We all have good and bad days in life. And so as we look at our lives, we go, Why in the world, God? Why did I ever get into this adventure of parenting or whatever it might be in your life? But God wants to work through those times too, doesn't He? You might ask, Is parenting really worth it? Am I even going to survive? You know, how can my kid make it okay? But think about it. What does God use? I mean, God, God doesn't have a lot of stuff to work with. He's given these two imperfect parents, and they've got this helpless little bundle of joy, which becomes a holy terror sometimes, and he's trying to take you, your per- these parents and raise this poor kid. Really? We're just kids ourselves. We got a kid to raise? How can we ever do that? But uh, the question is, you know, we, got, we, we, can't, we can't do it on our own. We need God's help, don't we? When we, get, when we had Tim and we became parents, we didn't have a clue. <laughs> we really didn't have a clue. We had to go home and read the box to figure out how to put the diapers on. I mean, that's how bad we were. But, hey, we were college professors. I mean, it couldn't be that hard to raise a kid, could it? <laughs> Naive. Little did we know. You know, it's been an adventure. And Tim wasn't always the easiest kid. I mean, which kid is, right? Problem is, kids don't come with an instruction manual, do they? They don't come with one that says, oh, this, this little girl is going to be strong in art. And, and she'll be weak in math. She's got a delicate spirit. She gets hurt very easily. Treat her gently. Speak to her softly. You know, and and be kind, and and she'll blossom under your care. And then you've got this next kid, Model B, right? And he's tough and rough and strong-willed, and boy, he needs a strong hand and uh, good boundaries, but lots of freedom within those boundaries. And you know, moms, you, you, you tell this kid to do something, and you're wondering, how come he never listens to me? Well, you what you don't know is he's in there in the bathtub and he's got a battle going on between two battleships and he can't even hear you. Your voice just sounds like another bomb coming across to him. He's not really ignoring you. He's just so absorbed in what he's doing and he's so creative. But the problem is sometimes that results in, in trouble for parenting, doesn't it? That instruction manual might say, be patient, <laughs> hang in there. This kid's going to be a creative leader someday or a commander in the naval in the navy right if only he and we survive his childhood and so kids do not come with that instruction manual fortunately though we have the word of god don't we which gives us general principles core principles now it doesn't say with this kid you got to do this and this and this that's where we need the guidance of the holy spirit right we've got his word but we have to have his spirit too to to speak to us and to tell us. Well, let's learn some things from God's word about kids. First thing is, children are a blessing from the Lord. They're a gift from God. They're not ours. He entrusts them to us for a time, but they really belong to him, and he's going to parent them through us. Each child is uniquely made by God. Each one of us is a a one-of-a-kind. Did you know that? I mean, the Bible says, you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. We're not just evolved apes. Each one of us has a special place in God's heart because He's our creator. And so as we as we view ourselves and our kids, keep that in perspective. The one of a kind and the new, I mean, I, the, the new stuff coming out in genetics. absolutely amazing and what it's showing is truly there is no one else like you there never has been there never will be every genetic component is unique and so you can say God who am I who did you make me to be and you can say that about your kids God has a plan for their lives for yours too you know they belong to him He's talking to Jeremiah here. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wait a minute. God knew us before he ever made us, before we were ever conceived. He says, Before you were born, I consecrated you. That means I set you apart for a purpose, for a holy purpose. Now, what did God set you apart for? What did God set your kids apart for? That's part of the adventure. That's part of discovering God's plan for our lives. Uh, In Ephesians, it says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Workmanship, the word is poema, from which we get our word poem. And so we are God's poetry. Your kids are God's poetry. He has something he wants to communicate to this broken world Through you and your kids and your family working together. And that should give you some hope. Our job, again, is look for that plan. Find it. We've each been given a God-given bent. Scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. One Bible teacher who I really respect has studied this and says, in the way he should go means according to his bent according to the way that he's hardwired, according to the way God created him. Because even when he's old, he's not going to go away from that built-in bent, that built-in hardwiring. And so we need to find out what is that hardwiring and train him up according to that wiring. Each of us is also here for a time such as this. You Remember the story of Esther in the Bible? You know, God gives us grace for our generation, and God is going to give grace for these new generations, for the little ones that are coming up. God has his plan and his grace for them. They may need to be stronger than we are in some ways. They they may need to be different. They may need to think differently and so on. And so God is gifting them for this time, this place. We can't choose time, place, family. We want to be born in birth order, basic temperament, our, our natural bent, our natural giftings. Those things are determined by God, aren't they? So we don't change those. We can't change those in ourselves, and we can't change those in our kids. So our job as parents then is to partner with God to help our kids discover who God made them to be, who God made them to be. We're not supposed to be trying to make them into our mold. We're not supposed to be trying to squeeze them into our preconception. You know, we're supposed to be discovering what did God make them to be. Well, one of the first things you can do is dedicate your kids to the Lord and, if, and yourself. If you haven't already dedicated yourself, that's obviously first. But then dedicate your kids to the Lord. In 1 Samuel, Hannah was praying. She was barren and she was praying, God, give me a child. And she said, if you will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Can we do that with our kids? Can we say, God, we trust your plan for our kids better than our own plans? Are we willing to say, God, take my kids, use them for your glory, use them for your kingdom, whatever and wherever that may be, they're yours. Dedicate your your kids to the Lord and then commit as a family, commit yourself and your family to serve the Lord. Joshua says, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, if you haven't done that, you need to wrestle with God a bit. Because this is bottom line. How can your kids serve the Lord if you're not serving the Lord, you know? Well, sometimes they do anyway, by the grace of God. But, But really, we want our homes to be filled with God. We need to be the ones leading the way. And so committing your house and your family to the Lord is so very important. The primary job in our our parenting is to make disciples. I mean, God says to us, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Your kids are no different. You know, that should be the thing we're looking at most of all is, are we building disciples for Jesus Christ? Are we? Something to wrestle with. Now, we can't ever force a kid to be a disciple, and we don't want to try. But we can take obstacles out of the way. We can... We can give them a little salt to make them hungry for God's kingdom. We can put put good influences in their life and godly influences in their life, and we can be the example. We're never going to be perfect, but we can be an example, can't we? So that they will want eventually to serve the Lord. God's word tells us, teach the word all the time. Deuteronomy 6, very familiar passage. It says, these words I'm commanding to you today shall be on your heart. First of all, he's talking there to all of us, right? Put his words on our heart. And then he says, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you take your kids in the car to the soccer practice, you know, while you're sitting in the doctor's office, while you're taking a walk, while you're waiting at the sidelines for something to start. Every step of the way, how can we serve God? You know, let the word of God permeate, permeate your life. Don't be squeezed. Don't let the culture squeeze you into its mold. We live in a very, very ungodly culture right now, and it's getting worse and worse by the day, it seems. I mean, you know, when we look at the world around us, we need to be really careful. I mean, academics are important. Sports are great, music and drama and financial success and, and the use of technology. All of that stuff is good. It's not in itself bad, but it can become a major, major distraction for us, and it can become an idol in our lives. You know, I would, I would just recommend you look at how much time and energy are you putting into these kinds of things as compared to time and energy discipling your kids for God's kingdom. And I don't mean to lay a guilt trip on anybody there, but it's just a challenge to to look at your priorities. Um, One of the other things, of course, (laughs) we can't help but bring out is the fact that this world of ours is, is doing all kinds, anything it can, really, to keep kids from believing in the Bible and in God's Word and following Him. And the teaching that you get all over the world, by and large, is evolutionary it's naturalistic, it's humanistic, it's man's way of thinking instead of God's way of thinking. Evolution is taught as a fact virtually everywhere you go. And evolution is the number one reason that kids give for not becoming Christians in the first place or for not following God, for rejecting their faith. You, you, would, you wouldn't believe how often we go to a university or something and we're talking with students and they say, hey, I used to be a Christian, I'm not anymore. I said, why not? They said, because of biology class. And six weeks into that fall semester, their their freshman year, their faith has been trashed by the way that evolution is presented in the classrooms. And then, of course, it's lived out in the society. But equip your kids, okay? There's no reason for anybody from this church to go astray because of evolution. We want to give you sound, solid Scientific evidence, if you're struggling with this idea, or maybe you don't even believe that we're right about it, maybe you don't believe it, you know? Um, that's not the topic for this morning, but I want to talk to you, or Dave will talk to you. We want to help you if you're in that situation. Don't let culture squeeze you into its mold. Be renewed, by the, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? Scripture, Right? Meditating on scripture, letting it become part of our whole way of thinking. Can we develop a biblical mindset? How do we see things through God's eyes? How do we help our kids see things through God's eyes? How do we train them to be citizens of heaven on this earth? Citizens of the kingdom of God. Remember, the Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. We live on this earth. We're to be salt and light on this earth. We are in the world, but not of the world. And how do we do that? That requires some teaching and some thinking and and talk about it with your kids. How can we do that? Help them to have that eternal perspective. This world is not all there is, is it? God has a plan for each child. Each child is unique. They've been gifted with certain giftings. Discover what God's put into them and then delight in the way he's made them. And don't try to make cookie cutter kids. You know, they're all different, aren't they? They're all different. Include your kids in your life. And we had an an advantage here. I freely admit that. It's an advantage, and it was a a privilege and a blessing. Uh, Being in a creation ministry, we've traveled lots. When the kids were young, that was their home, practically, that little Volkswagen van. And, I mean, we were on the road at least 50% of the time when they were young. And so away from home, sleeping in other people's homes, sleeping on floors. I don't know how many floors kids slept on when they were young. Bumpy mattresses, bumpy hide-a-beds, you know, all kinds of stuff, eating all kinds of different food, meeting all kinds of different people. That can be bad, and that can be good, can't it? It broadened their understanding of the world, for one thing. But we were able to go and minister as a family. What a blessing. I mean, it was huge for us and our family. But whatever your life situation is... It may be, It's going to look different than ours. But find ways to integrate your kids into your life as much as you can and to include them in your activities. All of life really is discipleship. We can't just say, well, coming to church on Sunday morning, that, that time we set aside, that's our discipling time. And we're going to rely on the church, okay? The church will do it all. Guess what? The church can't do it all. The church is here to support you and to equip you and to encourage you in your job as parents but it's not to do your job for you. And so you need to start thinking, including them in your your life as much as you can. Let them learn godly character by watching and doing. One time I remember we were up at a YWAM base up in, in Cimarron. And we were staying in this little trailer and the plumbing wasn't working right in the bathroom. And this guy came in and he's starting to fix the toilet. And our son Tim was about nine at the time or so. And he said, who is this guy? We said, that's Charlie Green. He's the director of this base. Well, here he is fixing a toilet. He, well, he wasn't too good to do that job. He, thought, he saw his job as serving. And that kind of example by godly people in your kids' lives is important. You can do that yourself. You can also do that by exposing them to other people who really are living God's, God's way and serving Recognize that your kids have needs as children, but don't make them the center. (laughs) They're not the bullseye. They're coming into your life, into your home for maybe 18, 20 years. You know, you have an influence on them, but they're in your home and your job is to prepare them to send them out. So they cannot be the center. They need to be the ones that are being trained and discipled and sent out. And if you're, you're in any kind of mentoring situation, that's the same. Um, I guess we already did that. God uses all these life experiences to train us and our kids. Do you know that? I mean, I look back, just preparing for this talk, what a blessing. I looked at it and I went, wow, the things that happened in, in the young lives of Tim and Steve, our other son, and how it's influenced them even to this day. The Anastasis was one of the original mercy ships. We, Tim talked about the team going on with mercy ships to Africa, right? Well, the Anastasis was one of those. And when when uh, the kids were young, we had the opportunity to go speak on the mercy ship, the Anastasis, dry docked up in, in uh, Canada, in Vancouver, Canada. And it was a marvelous experience for them. We also were involved with teaching at youth with a mission basis here in Colorado and all over Europe. And so we got involved with with YWAM, and that impact, do you you see the impact on Tim? I mean, he's still leading trips with YWAM, coordinating with YWAM. The, the, uh, The missions trip, the Mexico trip, you know, all of these things have helped to shape him who he is to be. Now, we didn't orchestrate any of that, but God did. God knew how to do it. Help your kids see all of life with God's kingdom in mind. How can you do that? Well, one way, you can, you can talk about it. You can, you can talk about it at mealtimes. How can we demonstrate godly character and service in our everyday life? You know, on the soccer field, in school, wherever we go, how can we demonstrate godly character? How can we glorify God and reflect his goodness and love through our service and our actions Using the gifts and talents that he's given us. How can I use what God has given me to bless somebody else? Have those discussions with your kids. Model it for them and then have discussions with them. Here's a few practical tips. Prioritize Bible memory, worship, and study of the word. I mean, think about it. We did a lot of Bible memory when we were kids. And I think that built a good foundation in my life. I know it did in my life. And I think in my kids too. But, but think about it. What if you were to learn only one verse a week? Is that too hard? That would take you less than five minutes a day. One a week times 50 weeks. I'll give you two weeks of vacation. Okay? How many do you get in a year? 50 verses. 50 verses in one year. Now, if you kept that up for 10 years, you'd have 500 verses. Can you imagine? Do you think it would make a difference in your life or if in your kid's life, 10 years from now, they had 500 scriptures tucked away in their heart? Another practical tip I'd say is read lots of real books. You know, things like missionary biographies and stories that teach sound principles and so on. We used to read all kinds of books, lots of missionary stories. Well, that got missions and and godly character into the blood, you might say. It just becomes part of us. Now, I wasn't always the best discernment on that. When Tim was four, I checked out Peace Child from our church library. And I sat down after church and started reading. Five hours later, Tim's going, Read, read, read. My voice was gone by then. Now, I don't know if you know the book Peace Child, but it's got some pretty intense places in it. It's a missionary story. It's a story about a missionary who goes and impacts a whole tribe of people in some remote place, which I've forgotten. But you think about it. Nobody would read Peace Child to a (laughs) four-year-old. Nobody would. But God used it to begin instilling missionary Missions into the minds of our kids. Another tip is focus on relationship-building activities, games and people and real projects. I mean, you can, do, you can think of all kinds of things you can do. Focusing on relationships, and this is one area in which we have a real difficulty in our culture right now is because of social media and Facebook and all the games on, on video games and everything else. We need to be very, very discerning. I'm not saying cut them out completely, but we have to be very discerning. They eat time that could be more valuably spent in real relationships. And so think in your family, how can we do that? How can we build on more real real projects? Fill your home with music, laughter, and fun. I mean, parenting is a lot of hard work, but you got to have some fun, don't you? We used to sing all kinds of crazy kids' songs. And the kids got so they're going, Mom, you got a song for everything. <laughs> well, I did. And you know what? When I lose my song, I know something's going on in my heart. And I got to get right with God. Something's happening that's stealing my music out of my heart. Music is such a, a part of me. Uh, one time we were on a canoe trip up in northern Minnesota, and it's raining like crazy, and it's miserable. Fortunately, it wasn't too cold. But here we are in the pouring down rain in the swamp, and I'm singing, cruising down the river on a rainy afternoon. <laughs> the kids are going, Mom, you're nuts. I'm going, yep, you're right. I'm nuts. <laughs> it's okay. Um, stay involved in the church with youth activities, service projects, missions, trips, etc. I'm so grateful for the church that we were involved with when the kids were were young. I mean, we got good, sound Bible teaching. They had a fantastic youth group and you know, they came alongside us to help us raise our children. We saw them as being partners with us in that child-raising business. And what a blessing that was. So I'm encouraging you strongly, get your kids involved, your grandkids involved, your neighbor kids. You know, get kids involved in the kids programs here on Sundays. Get the youth involved. Bring them out for the youth activities and the the camps in any way that you can influence them to be involved. Uh, Equip your kids for survival in this world. One of the things is to train them against negative peer pressure. I mean, we all have peer pressure, right? Some of it's okay. This one's not too bad. I'm going to tell you a funny story, but it's not too bad at peer pressure. But when Tim was little, young, I don't know, Samuel's age probably, and and (laughs) he had... uh, he had a couple of friends, and they made this dare. They were going to swallow a live grasshopper. And here they are in my kitchen with a glass of milk trying to get this grasshopper down, and it kept jumping out, you know, and uh, that was awful. But the, but the goal was if they swallowed it, they got a cookie. I mean, I didn't tell them that. They told each other that. That was their reward. They finally got him down, and the two of them got their cookies. Well, meanwhile, Steve and another friend of his were there watching this. They absolutely refused to swallow the grasshopper, to take the dare. And so I gave them each two cookies because they didn't, they didn't succumb to peer pressure. <laughs> uh, train, train your kids to live godly lives in the midst of an ungodly culture. Oh, my goodness. There's so many temptations, aren't there? So much in our society there's ungodliness and it leads to despair and brokenness and hurt. God's ways are always good and I know they don't feel good at the time. The Bible talks about the passing pleasures of sin. I know that. I got caught up in that junk in college. Impacted my life terribly, terribly for the negative and it took years and there's still scars sometimes. You know, and and but God is faithful. I mean, if you're into that or if your kids are into that, God can still rescue them. But if they don't have to go through it at all, how much better. How much better to just say no to drugs, to alcohol, to, to sex outside of marriage, all kinds of things, you know? How much better to live a godly life. Give your kids the gift of time. Don't let them get overscheduled. Oh my goodness. I confess, I'm (laughs) overscheduled. Our life is chaotic at times. And I know yours is too. And you feel like you're so overwhelmed and you feel like you're just pulled in all these different directions, don't you? It's a constant battle. But, but you know, to keep our priorities in order and try the best we can with God's help, don't get overscheduled. Be very discerning about what your kids really need to be involved with. Do they really, truly need to be involved, you know, in soccer and drama and and, uh, whatever, all the different clubs there are? Do they really, truly? Do they really, truly need to spend hours a day on on video games? Be discerning. So don't get overscheduled. And you know what? If you give your kids time, they're going to learn. They're going to bloom, blossom. Because kids are really, really creative, aren't they? I mean, if you give them time to be creative and to dream and to think and to develop their own personal interests and abilities, what they won't do, huh? Sometimes that might get you in a little trouble, or them in a little trouble. I remember one time, I, you moms, you get this little uh, intuition, we call it, right? I think it's a nudge by the Holy Spirit. Go find out where your kids are, what they're doing, right? So one time I get this little nudge that says, go check on them. And here I go, and they're they're downstairs in the bathroom, a couple of friends with them. And and I said, what you doing in there? Oh, nothing. Let me in. (laughs) Here they were. They had a coffee can with a lump of coal in it, and they had put water in this coffee can. And they had an electric soldering iron they were just getting ready to see if they could make diamonds out of coal. <laughs> Scientific experiment, right? <laughs> I could have had some really bad results. <laughs> so creativity sometimes needs to be within limits. You can't just be free-flowing creativity, right? Encouragement and support. A little encouragement goes a long ways, doesn't it? I think about your own self. If somebody comes up and encourages you, How does that feel compared to if they come up and they start nagging at you or yelling at you or being angry or criticizing? How often do we criticize our kids, our grandkids? We're only human, right? We get impatient. And you know, sometimes kids are pretty stubborn and they do some pretty stupid things. But you know what? The more that we can keep in mind encouragement, 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 because kids hear so many negatives and the more negatives they hear, the harder it is for them to cooperate. The more that they're encouraged, the more that they're they're built up, the better it's going to be. Now, <laughs> moms, all of us, how many are guilty? <clears throat> Me, yep. We're all guilty of losing it once in a while, right? We all do that. And so, you know, when you blow it, what do you do? Humble yourself. You repent. You go talk to your kids and you say, I'm sorry, I blew it. And then give him a big hug and say, I am so proud of you. I love you so much. I mean, you know, we can, we're not, God doesn't expect us to be perfect. And even when we blow it and when we model that example of what do you do when you blow it? You humble yourself, you repent, you forgive, and you ask forgiveness, right? I mean, and then you go on because we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. And so, you know, model that kind of behavior for your kids, too. They need to know, what do I do when I blow it? Well, maybe if mom and dad come and repent and ask their forgiveness, maybe it will help them to model, ah, that's how it is when I do it wrong. Encourage your kids to develop their own giftings. And, you know, with encouragement and support, they go way beyond what you teach. I used to play guitar for worship And early on, I started involving the kids with me and Tim and later on, Steve. And you know what gave my heart a thrill was when they could start joining me in leading worship. And then beyond that, when I could turn it over to them. And now, you know, (laughs) I don't play with Tim anymore. I can't keep up. You know, he's so much better than me. So is Steve. You know, they're going to go far beyond what what you teach them. I wonder, what do you do with PDFs? You know what PDFs are? Panic, doubt, and fear. (laughs) You ever had that as as a parent? Uh Uh-huh, we all do. What do you do? You're going, are they going to be okay? Am I I doing what's right? How am I going to know they're going to be okay? Well, remember, only God is perfect. We all make mistakes, right? So do the best you can. Get some help if you need it. Give yourself to grace and learning. You're learning too, aren't you? You're just learning along the way. Trust God. He's faithful. God is faithful because you're God's kids too. He's training you. Did you know that? While you're trying to train your parents, the real work is going on in you. I think maybe that's part of the reason God gave us kids. We need to grow up. (laughs) He wants us to become his disciples. Learn from your kids. You know, kids are really perceptive. They're watching you. They're listening all the time, aren't they? I remember one time I was really down, I was just down, and, and our son Steve came and he had drawn a picture of a rainbow for me, and he said, God, or he said, Mom, remember the rainbow, remember the promise of God. Boy, that helped me. And get your kid to pray for you, by the way. If you have a, if you have a need, kids' prayers, uh, man, they're powerful, God loves to answer kids' prayers. We, we had a wonderful example of that just recently. Elizabeth's uh, grandmother has been a real holdout, you know, as far as accepting Jesus. And finally, just in the last little bit, a couple weeks ago, she finally confessed faith in Jesus, and you could see the change in her life. She passed away just a few days after that. But Sarah... Had been Our granddaughter, Sarah, had been praying for her grand, great-grandma daily. And her heart was touched. And, and Sarah just, you know, for her, what a blessing to see God answers prayer. So get a kid to pray for you. Be intentional about your parenting. You know, it takes one. Set some small goals. There's a lot. I put a lot out here today. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you get on the parade route and they throw out candy and you grab one or two. So whatever we did today, just grab one or two. You don't have to remember all this. God is faithful. That's what I want you to remember. But be intentional. Set some small goals. And then be as consistent as you can. Remember back to January when Tim talked about the one goal, you know? One one squat, right? (laughs) Yeah. Be Be consistent as much as you can. And hang in there, guys. When you have a bad day, moms... Hang in there and realize this kid is not always going to be three. Someday he's going to be 13. (laughs) You'll have a whole new set of challenges, right? Now, people used to tell us, oh, you're like your kids now. Just wait until they're teenagers. You won't like them anymore. And I'm going, yes, we will. We're going to enjoy them then too. And, And we honestly, truly did. We enjoyed them at every level, even though there were lots and lots of challenges along the way. So pray and do your best. Work hard and have fun. You got to have fun, don't you? One time the one time the kids were running around the house we had one of those, you know, you could go around and around inside of the house and they were having a squirt gun fight inside of the house. <laughs> and so, and so I got me a big jar of water or something and I hid back in the little alcove and when they came running around I tossed the water at them and you go. they're going, "Mom, <laughs> you can have fun. Don't make everything so serious." Enjoy your kids and enjoy the adventure and partner with God and trust him for the results. You know, God is faithful. He takes our little feeble efforts and he multiplies them. It's not, I mean, do the best you can. Get your focus right. You know, get your focus on him and his word and his kingdom and then do the best you can. And don't worry about it. If you fail, get up and do it again. And Nobody nobody, uh, would would scold a kid that's just learning to walk. You got a little one-year-old, they're learning to walk, and they fall down, what do you do? Oh, you bad, bad baby. No, you go, oh, good try, good try, get up, try again, right? Well, God is a good, good, good parent. He's parenting us, and every time we fall down, he just wants to say, great job, trying, good job, get up and try again. And soon you learn to walk. He's your dad. He's a great, great dad. And a mom, all rolled into one, I think. God's heart, he oftentimes has that heart of a mother, right? The nurturing, the heart of a mother. And he is involved in parenting. Now, if you have no kids, borrow some. <laughs> Lots of kids need a good, a good adult mentor in their life. So parents and others, get, a, get God's vision for your family and partner with him to impact coming generations. Let's, let's be a church that impacts upcoming generations. We don't want to just you know, minister to one age level. We don't want to just say, oh, well, we'll see what happens. This church is here to help and equip. And, and, and a long-term, long-term, grandpas, grandmas, mom and dad and kids... Great-grandparents, let's, let's go on and make an impact for God's kingdom and an impact in this valley. And you know, it's worth it. All the tears, all the struggles, all the crying, <laughs> all the hard work it is in parenting, it's worth it. In, in Third John, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. You know, if your children are walking in the truth, that's a greater joy than if if they're running a big company or if they're the president of the United States or if anything they could do. The greatest joy in life is to know your kids are walking with the Lord. If your kids currently are not walking with the Lord, your heart is grieved for them, and I grieve with you. But I want to give you some encouragement. Keep praying. I went through... bad time in my life when I wasn't walking with God I wasn't living the way I should and yet I'm so glad God rescued me I know people were praying and so keep praying for your kids don't ever give up hope and even if it doesn't happen until they're 90 some years old there's joy in the future right so if you're, you know, if you're grieving today in that way um, I'd be happy to pray with you afterwards or somebody else Let's, let's get together. Let's pray for those kids. Let's, let's bring them back in because God really wants all of us to really walk with him, doesn't he? All righty. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I want to turn it back over to Tim.
0: Thank you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Good job. Well, let's just, uh, if you want to stand, we're just going to close in prayer. Father, we just want to say thank you so much uh, for your heart, for your, us, your children. And we love you and we lift up your name here today. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.